Morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the RB Metro UK podcast. Um, it feels good to be on top, doesn't it? Right, cut to the titles. You're listening to the Metro UK podcast, the home of New York Red Bulls discussion from across the pond, with your hosts Scott Humphreys and Luke Hume. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode two of the RB Metro UK podcast. Uh, I am Scott Humphreys, and I'm joined firstly by my very good friend, uh, Luke Hume. Luke Hume, good evening. How are we? Good evening. I've got a bit of man flu. Um, I'm debt three twenty. I'm not in London tomorrow, breaking the time red. So I do not want it tomorrow night. There you so go. I'm we'll debt three trying everything. Get rid of it. But still, um, so. Right. Well, as the uh, as the number one place, the only place uh, across the pond to get your Red Bull New York views and news and ideas and thoughts, uh, we are delighted to have not only two Brits this week but three. Uh, we are really, really pleased to be joined by um, graphic superstar, brand manager, just behind the scenes guru, Ed Palmer. Ed, good evening. Evening. Flattery certainly suits you. I do try. I do try. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been uh, it's been it's been a, a really interesting couple of weeks in uh, Red Bull Land since we left last last year. Uh, we've started the season. We've played two games. We've got another one coming up. Um, let's kick off by looking back at, at, at the last couple of results. Uh, Luke, first of all, we went away uh, to the west coast. Uh, something we've not done in a long time. It's been uh, I think it was three to four years since we last played San Jose away from home, uh, and we, we managed to go and get a 3-1 victory. Goals from Patrick Kamala, Amir Fernandez, and the man, the myth, the legend, big Thomas Barlow. I don't, want, I don't want to blow smoke at my own arse, but I called every bit of it. I called we'll win, and I called it that like Tom Barlow would score the game winner, and he put it out of doubt. I'm counting that. So... I won that week. You did? No, I mean, I, I went for a nil-nil draw, so I was four goals off, uh, off, off the prediction in the end. Um, we we lined up uh, with Coronel in goal, a pair of Neelises at the back, as well as Tolkien and Long, um, Yearwood, Amaya, uh, CCJ, Morgan, Omer Fernandez and Patrick Kamala. Um, Kamala opening the scoring for us uh, before... Amir and Barlow from the bench continued. Uh, what a result, really, to start the campaign off. Uh, you always want to get off to a good start. Um, Ed, what did you think of the first game? Yeah, it's a great win. Um, it's exactly the kind of way you want to start a new season, to be honest. Um, you want to be on top. You want to be setting the pace rather than chasing every game. And, you know, it's a good win. It is a good win. Um, it's, it's nice to see the core of the squad still there from last season. Um, you've still got the big names there. It's good to see players returning as well on loan. But, you know, it, it did look a little bit at times that we were never going to actually score. Um, and the only downside, I think, is um, Patrick Clamala turning his shots into goals. Um, he is getting goals, so fair play to him. But he's having a hell of a lot of shots at goal. And if he could just score two or three of those shots every game, I'd be a lot more comfortable watching games because at 2-1 I 
even I was going, we need to get another goal here because, you know, San Jose weren't great. I expected a bit more from them, but, you know, 2-1, they're pushing, it takes one goal and uh, and that's it. But fair play, Super Tom Barlow comes up with a goal. I mean, it was the uh, the moaning manager's derby. This was before the game. Both uh, Gerard Struber and uh, Almeida both pretty much ripped their squad to pieces in the media uh, on on the first media day. Both really tempered expectations, and then going into the game, obviously uh, Almeida seemed to be seemed to be right. They didn't really have a lot going for them. Uh, I don't, don't think they were good. I think they were quite poor. They didn't really give much going forward. Um, and defensively, I think when you've got Francisco Calvo at the back, uh, Calvo's had, I think, five MLS teams in like a month. It, it seems like that, that sort of thing. He, he doesn't tend to very well at sides over here. Um, so we, we exploited that. Um, looking at Kamala for a second, Kamala said in, uh, during media day that he spent his postseason uh, training with striker coaches from the Polish national team. Luke, did you see any evidence of that? He wasn't. It's always been a case of Kamara, though. He has so many chances. Like, if he took all the chances he had, he would literally be a 25 goal a season striker. You think the last season he scored eight, I think? And, but yeah, he could have. Yeah, yeah, but he could have had about 20. And it is, if he could get that one bit, like he, even if he don't owe turns. Half of the chances he has, he'll score a lot of goals. And we might put too much pressure on the lad. He can't even get goals because I know Tom Marler scored a goal on opening day, but Tom is not going to score you 20 goals a season. Like we're, we've, uh, we're, We'll talk a bit more about that, but we've signed two strikers over the past uh, couple of days who are, who are certain to be uh, knocking on that door. Uh, one, one somewhat more established than the other. Uh, no, so uh, a 3-1 road victory over in the West is obviously a really good way to start the campaign. And we followed that up by a trip to BMO Field to face uh, Bob Bradley's newly formed TFC side. Uh, they managed to draw their opening game. Um, and, and going into that game, any Bob Bradley side are, are, are difficult to beat. Uh, we went out there with Coronel. Again, another pair of Neelys's, um, Long, Tolkien, Amir Fernandez, Drew Yearwood, Frankie Meyer, Lewis uh, Morgan, Patrick Kamala and Tom Barlow this time getting the start. Um, a 4-1 victory uh, and and more to the point, uh, a first half hat-trick for the flying Scotsman, as he will surely now be known, uh, Lewis Morgan. Um, what a result. I mean, points at Toronto is always good points. But uh, especially, especially in the emphatic way that we managed to do that, Luke. What 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 did you make of that result? Hey, can we talk about how nice it was to watch the game at normal time, not be one in the morning, and you're drinking your third cup of Red Bull or coffee, and you think, what am I doing with its time? Nice to actually be able to watch the game at a normal time. Um, but yeah, Lewis Morgan had a oh unbelievable game. And it could be more than four. It could be max more than four. Like, it could have been... I'm not even joking. It could have been six or seven. If a certain someone took their chances, it could have could be a load more. Um, uh, Ed, Ed, talking about sort of defensive duties in that game, uh, there wasn't there wasn't too much from Toronto, but their, their goal from their new number nine, 
Um, I can't quite make my mind up whether that was pure individual class or defensive frailty. What, what did you make of the way we defended there one goal? I don't know, um, to be honest. Um, you, you're pretty much right with, with one or the other. Um, and I think the only people who will know the answer to that are the defenders that are involved. I think that's the only thing that's going to concern um, Struber at the moment is that we've had two really good performances, um, but no clean sheet. And I think the goal conceded um, against San Jose as well, it's avoidable. Um, and I think we've been luck we've not been lucky because we've we've outscored teams and and looked comfortable doing it but coming up against some of those teams that are going to be challenging for the supporter shield you can't give teams that space and the chances to put them away and that will be something he looks at obviously integrating the two nealises in there Aaron Long coming back in as well it may just take a little bit of time to get up to speed you know you've got Tom Edwards as well um who can sit back in there mm-hmm. It's looking good. I think Struber will be slightly concerned that he conceded to what was a really poor Toronto side. Um, and it didn't make much difference. But, you know, Coronel's going to start looking at that as well and going, what do I have to do to keep a clean sheet? Because he's been sensational in uh, the first two games. And I do have to point that out. Um, he's made one or two really big saves at key moments. And we can't expect to just not have any pressure on the goal. So, that's not what I'm saying, but I mean, Coronel, some of the saves he was pulling out at, at 2-1 uh, in the first game and, and you know, early on in, in the Toronto game, they're, they're huge saves. And I think it's time for everyone to start recognising just how important Carlos Coronel is to this New York Red Bulls side. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned briefly the uh, the return of Tom Edwards back in his second debut um, against Toronto FC with, with about 10 minutes to go. And we were really pleased to see him back in a new Red Bull shirt. Um, Luke, does he go straight into the team for Minnesota? Uh, it's tough one because Dylan Neal has done nothing wrong really in the first two games. But let's not kid ourselves. Dylan Neal was not brought in to start games here. He was brought in as a as, as a backup to the first team. He's, on, he's not on match money. And he's sworn in it's his brother. So a good team link. Tom Tom Edwards is has been brought in to start games. So I would expect maybe not next game as he's not building up his fitness again, but I would expect in the long term Tom Edwards will play the games. Um I can't uh, see why I can't see why you bring it back otherwise. Well it's it is again, it's really nice to see uh, another Englishman. Uh, done in the done in the jersey. Um so looking at the first two games, boys, if we were to, to pick a uh, a standout performer um, based on merit, who would that be? I mean, I'll, I'll go first. For me, uh, Aaron Long. Uh, I, can't, I can't help but sing Aaron Long's praises. Aaron Long, for me, is the best thing that we have at this organisation. Um, and he, he looks like Aaron Long. He doesn't look like a, a broken version of Aaron Long. He looks like Aaron Long. So we're really, really pleased to see that. Ed, what about yourself? Um, well, skimming over Lewis Morgan, who obviously has to be in the chat for first half hat trick, um, I'm going to go with um, the man I said earlier, which was uh, Carlos Coronel. I think he's going to be absolutely key this season. Um, making big saves at big moments is what he's going to have to do. And we saw him do it last season, um, and he's carried it on to this season again. And if you don't concede, you're not going to lose goals and, and not going to lose games, sorry. So 
uh, and Coronel's been sensational first few games. I really have to give it to him. Absolutely, Luke. Tom Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Barlow for winning me champagne. Do we, do we need <laughs> to Absolutely. Uh, so, two games in, we sit joint top of the East, or as Ed would like to say, technically second, um, with seven goals scored and two conceded, a plus five goal difference. Um, top of the East, joint top of the Sports Shield. I mean, it's a good start to the campaign, isn't it? Really? It's, top, it's coming home this year. It's happening. It's happening. It's, happening. it's been 26 years, but finally, it's happening. No, couldn't agree more. We just needed those horrible, uh, ho- horrible neighbours to go and do it first. Yes, but uh, no, 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 yes. that's probably what will happen. We would win this year. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, right. So let's have a look at again some more sort of big news in the world of uh, Red Bull Sport. Um, first of all, our uh, head of sport. Um, again, a man what that I know pretty well. Say it again. You don't have a head of sport, technically. Oh, uh, our former head of sport, should I say. Uh, our former head of sport, Kevin Thelwell, formerly of Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, has decided to to take off uh, to pastures new and has gone to Scousland of Liverpool to join Everton as their um, director of football. Um, this was something that I think both came as an absolute shock. And also, I think when you, you start adding the pieces together, it, it, it could have been seen. Uh, we've heard absolutely nothing from the club throughout pre-season. We've heard nothing from Struber. We've heard nothing particularly from Thelwell. Uh, during media day, Struber spent a good five minutes pretty much bashing Thelwell without using his name by stating that he wanted three to five uh, players and that he didn't get them. Um, so, you know, with this, this sort of strange communication style that we had going through the side uh, pre-San Jose, sort of... Uh, uh, alluded to something not quite being right. Uh, and then it was brought to our attention very quickly that Kevin Thelwell has left. Um, if we look at the dynasty of Kevin Thelwell as New York Red Bulls head of sport, um, in in one word, really, uh, success or failure, Ed? I don't know. I, I know you've wanted one word or the other. It's difficult to say because you can only be based, you can only judge based on performances and results and you know uh, Red Bull's side that should be winning supportive shields hasn't been um and I don't know whether that's down to recruitment or whether it's down to management but everyone everyone has to take responsibility for it and I think you've got to say in, unless Red Bull and New York had won that support shield it can't be classed as a success Agreed Luke yeah, it's, it's you can't look at her in a way. I don't I think maybe calling it a failure charge, but no one called it a success. He came in early 2020, sacked the manager, which we all agreed needs to happen. Got paid a lot of money for a go, paid a lot of money for a coach, brought a lot of players in, had a very, very sub part in 2021 season. I mean, New York should. In my eyes, New York Red Bull should be challenging for sports to shields. Playoffs, making a playoff should be a bare minimum, not a last day scraping. It should be sorted weeks and weeks before. And we barely scraped in. Um, then we got promised we'd be searching all through the night. Big player be coming in. And what do we get? Not really a match. We actually put one or two players in. 
but we all know why he wasn't probably now because he's probably busy interviewing for another job. Yeah. But he got he got a hard job on Everton. Let's just say that. This, this- this is a really good point. I mean, you look at some of the signings that other teams have been making in the league. They're big marquee signings that, you know, I mean, the world football knows. Uh, you know, you look at Jordan Shakiri going to Chicago Fire and, and and these types of players. And I don't want to disrespect any of the Red Bulls players because they're obviously all fantastic. But who was our big marquee sign? I mean, Lewis Morgan obviously came in. That's fine. But who was our big named marquee signing that... You know, brought the eyes of the footballing world on New York Red Bulls. It, it's that's that's the issue. I think is that a club with the resources and the talent that we have should be I able mean, to attract forget, and should be making. Let's not forget also, if this is in New York, the largest sports market in the world. New York City is the largest sports market in the world. Yeah, and it's. Mitch's team could get basically any player in world football to come here. Like I think, like, I think that's what. Messi, say Messi comes to MLS when he, he's getting older because he's not he's not going to go to he's not going to go to Minnesota or 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 Nashville. He's even going to go to New York or LA. I, I saw. I do get it. Um, and you know, fair play. Stroop has done very well with the team that he's got, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's keeping players who are not going to come in with big expectations who could potentially not live up to them. But it's, it was just the lack of being linked to anyone. It, it was just, like you say, players should be wanting to come and play in New York. And we should at least have a few stories of, you know, there's this big name player available. We're interested. And there just wasn't anything. Um, you know, time will tell whether that, the right option and and Strube has got to make sure that it was the right option but when you've got a manager coming out and saying you want you wanted to make signings and they weren't available I, I don't like sporting directors and director of football stuff anyway I think the manager's the best person to know who he needs what positions he needs and who is the best player to fill those positions um, and I think you've got to trust your manager but you know when a manager's coming out and saying that he wanted to sign players and he wasn't able to that's that's never a good sign No I, th- I think Farewell went in and did what he did at Wolves. Obviously, I'm a huge Wolves fan. Um, he likes loans. He likes to do sort of low-risk signings. We brought in Diogo Jota, Raul Jimenez, Willie Bolly uh, on initial loans. Um, Johnny, Otto, Ruben Vinagre, they all came in on initial loan deals with the idea that they'd play, they'd be successful, and then we'd sign them permanently and then be able to move them on. Uh, the problem is we made a, a ton of loan signings last year I mean, you know, just to know, I know Fabio didn't have a terrible season, but the likes of Fabio, Yuba Diara, um, it didn't it didn't work out. It didn't work out. And I think if you look at the squad this season, I think if we're really honest about it, uh, the squad since Kevin Thelwell took over, um, I think it was almost three years ago now, uh, the squad that we have now and the squad that we had when he started is weaker. Uh, and I think, I think that is a sign of, of success or failure. Uh, I think if you've managed a couple of years at the club, we've managed to get playoffs every single year and our squad is worse off. I think that sort of says says everything. Um, linking uh, linking the, the, the discussion of managers and managers getting what they wanted, uh, a, a, a former former legend here around these parts has got himself a new job. 
um, the uh, the Ted Lasso of of the Premier League, according no, to don't some. use that. Don't use that. Uh, but, uh, that, that 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 will certainly certainly not be the case. This man is no uh, Brad Bobley. Uh, Jesse Marsh has managed to get the job at Leeds United as as head coach. Um, unfortunately, starting his Leeds career off with two defeats, but I'm sure that will come good. Uh, how amazing is it, not only for um, Jesse, for the MLS, for New York Red Bulls, for Red Bull Global? Uh, how amazing is it that this man's got such a high-profile job, Luke? Oh, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like, um, I guess I can't help but a lot back. I think when he when we hired him, people wanted Michael Peke. Just saying, I like Michael Peck is a club legend. We all know that, but we wanted him to be our coach over Jesse March. That's like if we know all the stuff has gone on since Mike Pecky was all we were going to that. We're going into that, but it's incredible to think how against it people were like that town hall meeting. Like it's incredible. Like he's a big. It's a big what if. Say Ali Curtis came in, I didn't get rid of Peck and Pecky. Would Jesse March be managing Leeds in the Premier League? Probably not. Well, especially after his uh, run at um, yeah Montreal. At the time, at the time he was assistant coach at Princeton University. Mm. We got our job. So yeah. it's yeah, that's crazy, really. Not for the thing, I don't think people understand like American coaches. Like in the UK, if you get sat for a job. You get another job in two weeks, like we're normally the same, probably like a similar club. Like, you think all the clubs, all the Mary Mary go one go to Mark Hughes, Alan Pardew, yeah, but they don't work in them like in America. Jesse March did, did all right with a new Montreal team, was managing was assistant coach at Princeton University. Like, he'd be quite Absolutely. Ed is somebody who's uh, newer to the the, the, the US game uh, and who maybe maybe didn't have as much background on Jesse Marsh, especially on what he did over at Red Bulls prior to uh, prior to, to sort of getting involved. Um what does what does an American head coach taking over a, a um, English Premier League team look like to you? Um look, I think it's gonna be a really difficult job for Jesse Marsh. Um uh, there's a lot of reason. To be honest, I, I, I wouldn't have taken that Leeds job. And fair play to him for taking it. And if he does well, then he's going to be adored at Leeds. Uh, and that's that's just the way that Leeds operate. Um, I think the issue that a lot of English fans have is that there's been very few American coaches uh, in England, and the ones that have been have not been amazing. Uh, you look at uh, Bob Bradley; he he just didn't it didn't work for him. Um, I don't, I don't like the media's reaction to the the um, Jesse Marsh signing. There's been a lot of playing on the fact that he's American, um, and it doesn't really matter what nationality you are. I mean, he's been successful with everywhere, with the exception of Leipzig, which was, you know, exactly. maybe I think, oh. yeah. And I think, but to be honest, they probably got rid of him a bit too soon. Um, if they'd have stuck with him, they'd have got there. But, you know, he's taken over a lead side who have a fan base that adored the manager that's just left. And that's a big thing to try and win them over. Um, a team that's in free fall in terms of results and performances. Uh, a team that 
a month and a half ago were well out of the relegation zone and now very, very close and looking one of the favourites to go down. This isn't a come in and do well job. This is a come in and nick points off teams and fight job. And that's the big difference, I think, between where he was at Salzburg, where he was at Leipzig, and probably to an extent where he where he's been at, at New York as well, in that none of those teams were on a downward spiral. They weren't in free fall. And this is not going to be the time for him to come in and change things up and play nicey-nicey, beautiful football on the eye. It's, it's a time for him to come in and get these players to literally fight and nick every point that they can get. And, you know, his, his interviews have been good. He's saying all the right things. Um, but this could be... The Premier League's a different different beast altogether. This could be the make or break of Jesse Marsh in top-tier European football. Absolutely. Um, no, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Uh, fingers crossed it is the, it is the make. Um, Jesse Marsh and his lead side come to, to my, my uh, city of Wolverhampton uh, a week tomorrow. And I will certainly be stood outside the uh, the Molyneux Stadium with my Red Bull shirt in the hope of getting the autograph of the great man. Uh, but we shall see. Can you imagine his reaction? Like, there's a New York fan in England. Some bloke with a yam yam accent that says, all right, mate, how am you? Uh, follows up with, can I have your own autograph, Jesse? Is that all right? Uh, no. <laughs> um, Right, so so again, look, looking looking uh, sort of to the future of the Red Bull side, uh, we have made another signing. Um, this this is exciting. Uh, we have managed to sign Ashley Fletcher, uh, the striker, stroke wide player from Watford FC Premier League Watford on loan until the end of the campaign with an option to buy. Uh, Ashley Fletcher has played for clubs such as Manchester United, West Ham, Barnsley, Sunderland, Middlesbrough across his career. Uh, spent most of his career in the championship and uh, comes comes to the club with sort of that little bit of experience. I mean, it's really funny saying that a, a 24-year-old, I think he is, 24-year-old is an experienced player. Uh, but when you look at a squad, 26, 26, and who's 24 or 26? Uh, 26-year-old um, is a really sort of experienced pro. But when you look at the average age of our squad being only 22, uh, he will he will add some much needed uh, experience. Uh, Ed, uh, can you tell us more about Ashley Fletcher? Yeah, I mean, it's never really clicked for him in England. Um, obviously, he never really got into the United first team, um, and then Barnsley. Okay, fine. A, a year at West Ham again didn't really didn't really go for him. Um, he spent spent a good time at Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's the one where I think everyone thought he was going to kick on. Um, 19 goals in 92 games is not a great return um, for a striker. And then it's three three appearances for Watford. Again, it's, it's a difficult one because some players just don't get the rub of the green. But what the signing will do is push players like Patrick Klamala to perform a bit better, like we were saying earlier on in the in the podcast, because if Klamala goes two or three games without finding the back of the net, he may not get back in the squad if Fletcher turns up and starts firing. And this is the 
the big thing about bringing in a player. I, I mean, look, I've, like you say, I'm a latecomer to the American style of football, but even I can tell it's a completely different beast to to English football. Um, and I'm not going to say one is better than the other because I don't believe that. It's just different. Um, I truly believe that Ashley Fletcher will have more chances to score goals in the MLS. Um, looking at the, certainly at least the first two games of this season, you can see that, I mean, the chances we said that Klamala has had. And if Fletcher is a goal scorer, we could be looking at 15, 20 goals this season because all you need is a striker who knows where the back of the net is. And if he gets off to a good start, a few goals in his first couple of games, he'll go on and, and, and far surpass records at New York Red Bulls. Um, I think it's a really smart signing. There's there's something about New York Red Bulls and signing um, sort of championship, league one, English centre-forwards who, who haven't quite cut it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about another one of those a little bit later on. Uh, Luke, this is a man who hasn't been prolific, no. uh, but could come into this division uh, with, with a very similar playing style of that of, of Struber and of the Red Bull way. Yep. Uh, what what sort of what sort of impact do you expect Ashley Fletcher to make on the, the side? Well, I think I think that I agree with Eddie. I think it's a great signing. He's he's the second striker we needed. Like you mean, Tom can... Barlow's not the second striker we needed, Luke? No, no. <laughs> but we we I know he, I know he scored. And he did really well. And he ran and ran and ran and ran. But you can't we we can't rely on him as a second goal scorer. He he hasn't got in his locker to be fair. Um, fair play to a lad. He's he's twenty five and mate he played pro soccer at eleven. Like fair play to him. He's, he's doing something right. Um, well, my my some of my work with at work is actually a Watford fan. And I was talking to him. And I say, what would you think? So we're not. He's not Premier League quality. He's not where you play, but he's never he never gives up. He always comes give hundred ten effort, and really. Apart from kind of scoring goals, and that's what you want your worker to do. Never give up, never give a ball up, keep going for it. And he averages about seven goals a season, I think, in the Championship, which is a very hard league. Championship is a ridiculously hard league. Um, so I agree, and I think, I think he could easily score 15, 20 goals this season. Um, yeah. Um, um, absolutely. I think. Um... I think we were vastly short of forward options. Tom Barlow, again, has, has done really well in his first couple of games. But Barlow's always going to be... Hello, mate. <laughs> Barlow's always going to be the the third-choice striker uh, on, on a roster. He's always going to be the, the non-goal-scoring striker, the one that you have in there to change it up. He's quite tall. We can lift higher balls up to him. Um, Patrick Lamala, obviously, scoring eight goals last year. Ashley Fletcher averaging about seven a, a year in a in a more um, competitive league. Uh, this is this is exciting. This is something that that, that I think we can really look forward to. Uh, and let's hope he hits the ground running uh, with, with with a goal as soon as he gets in. Um, again, talking about these perennial Championship League One centre forwards who, uh, who who don't really seem to to make the grade over in England. Coming over to New York and doing well. Uh, a certain Bradley Wright Phillips uh, has, firstly, formally retired. 
before secondly coming out of retirement to sign a a new deal, very short term deal at New York Red Bulls. Luke, do you want us to talk us through that? Oh, I'll get that sound effect in. Yeah, so if I have one day contract, I'm not sure. We're, we're, never, we're not really sure if that includes the match on Saturday or if we get, he signed up before he retired. Like, it will be interesting to see if he's. No one really knows. I mean, I would, I would, I would like to think you you play him one more time. I would like to think you play him one more time. Jets, it, would Jets, be, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? Just one more time playing that season wow. '99. Last time, last, last time anyone wow. ever play in a Red Bull jersey '99. He's retired. You know, tried his wow. number, so no one will ever ever play that that jersey again. And like. I'm glad he came back. We all know he didn't leave on great terms when he left in 2019. Oh, it was quite, it was quite. How was never cut, never case of Chris Armit being a. Oh, not Mr. Dennis. Yeah, oh, Mr. Dennis and uh, yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, um, but I'm glad he came back. Like, I think it would have been, it would have been, be hard if he didn't retire here. Yeah, like so. Um, he, he, the idea is that Bradley takes up a job in the front office um, after he retires, which again is brilliant. The fact that he's going to be associated with the organisation for the for the foreseeable future. Uh, Ed, as a, a more of a newcomer to New York Red Bulls and, and MLS, um, what does the name Bradley Wright Phillips mean to you? Look, I mean, you don't have to have been a follower of the MLS or New York Red Bulls to know the impact that Bradley Wright Phillips had on the team and the club in general. Um, it's one of those marquee players that is always spoke about highly and you can support any team in the MLS and you will still be well aware of Bradley Wright Phillips's contribution to, to the New York Red Bulls. So it's not, it's the same as over here. You know, you don't have to have been watching football in the early 2000s to know that Thierry Henry was a sensational footballer for Arsenal and, and a, a figurehead. It's He's just one of them players. Um, I think it says a lot about the project that's going on at Red Bulls that we're bringing back players that are universally liked by the club um, to have some sort of involvement. It's always a good feel fact good feel a feel good factor around the club when you've got someone like that um regards playing him that's that's an interesting one um i would definitely i would definitely be considering putting him on the bench at the very least and you never know if it's 3-0 4-0 up why not give him 15 minutes again you just at the end of the game if he comes on and scores a last minute goal can you it's... imagine the scenes oh, <laughs> oh. Thankful to be going crazy. You see, you know, it's these are the conversations that these kind of sign-ins have on fans. You know, we won't be the only New York Red Bulls fans having that exact conversation about about this game. There will be a lot of fans going, you know, why don't we just why don't we just put them on the bench for see if see if we need him for fifteen minutes. Um, I, look, I don't think it will happen. It no, would be amazing if it did. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what role he does take up. Um, I, It's one of those where 
maybe nothing too high profile um because there is always i'm hearing recruitment yeah um, that I, don't could know, I don't i don't know if it's going to be like obviously conor laid has got a role in the front office but Conor yeah. Lade's role. Conor Lade's job's an interesting job, isn't it? I love Conor Lade. <laughs> Conor Lade's job is a... What, what, how do I put this kindly? To not be offensive to I love Conor Lade. It, like, it's, 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 it's fictional. It's a, it's a yes. job. <laughs> it's a job to keep him in the club. Yeah. Like, his job is he's senior manager. That's something. Yeah, he's, he's a senior, podcast, senior manager of player relations. Does like Red, Bull, Red Bull Arena on the match days. Got a podcast, media stuff. Um, it's, yeah, it, I never seen a job covers covers so much. So I'm not sure if maybe Bazzy job would be that sort of job as well. But it's, it's ceremonial, isn't it? It's ceremonial a ceremonial job. position to um, to be employed by by the club. Um, yeah, look, I mean, just having him around will be a boost to everyone. Um, he'll definitely be involved in some capacity um, at the home opener, whether he's playing or whether he's just around the, the pitch before the game and, uh, and that sort of stuff. So it's going to be a really good uh, feel-good factor. And it's nice to be bringing in players like this to not needing them, if you know what I mean, and not bringing them in because we need a lift at the club. It's nice to bring them in whilst we're on that high. And it will, you know, it may even see, it may even be a ploy to announce this now to try and get a few more fans through the through the turnstiles um, at, the, at the home opener because there'd be quite a few going anyway. But Bradley Wright Phillips is going to be there. Is he going to play? Is he going to be involved? Why not spend 90 minutes at a football ground just for the possibility of that story? Absolutely. Uh, I would go if I could. But air flights, say no. I would be if I could, but I work in primary education and we don't get I bought bought a weekend off work. I bought bought it off work. I went to my boss. I'm going to fly to New York for a home opener. I went, yeah, sure. Book it off. So obviously my work is super flexible. I'm really lucky. And I got so far and then I looked at air flights and I was like, no. If you start walking now, you might be there by Saturday, we'll say. <laughs> yeah. So unless, anyone, unless a rich person wants to pay for my flight. Um I mean I am I'm also up for any rich person paying for my yeah, flight. It's Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's I don't I don't even like, you know, I'm not even gonna demand like first class, just economy. Just you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay, cargo. Yeah. <laughs> Right, okay. Um, we are going to nip to a short break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a look to the home opener against Minnesota United. We are going to go through this week's fixtures uh, and make some predictions. And we're going to have a chat with Ed surrounding his sort of links and ideas around MLS. Uh, we'll see you back very shortly. Right, welcome back to the RB Metro UK podcast, the number one place for views and ideas about New York Red Bulls from across the pond. Um, looking ahead now, uh, Minnesota United uh, at home in the home opener this Saturday the 13th. Um, Minnesota so far have started their season with two draws, um, with only two goals scored. 
They've money earned two goals conceded. They've managed to draw one each on the road to Philadelphia Union uh, and one each at home to Sean Davis and Dax McCarthy's Nashville. Uh, last season, they managed a fifth place in the West uh, with a uh, 13, 10 and 11 result history. They managed to score 42 goals and concede 44. Their top goal scorer last year was Robin Lodd with seven goals. Um, looking at their sort of key hitters, their three uh, designated players are uh, striker Amarilla, Hunu and um, midfield maestro Reynoso. Um, what do we think Chaps going ahead of this game? I mean, looking at New York, Tom Edwards could potentially come in from the start. Uh, I don't know what the visas are looking like yet for, for Fletcher and Lakinas. Um, we could potentially have Bradley Wright Phillips on the bench. Uh, Ed, what do you think? Uh, Lucinios has literally in the last 15 minutes landed in New York. So Woo! just uh, just a little Breaking one for you to put there. there you go. <laughs> so well, he may be available. Minutes, um, oh, there you go. Uh, no, uh, brilliant. That would be, that would be fantastic. Um, what, what are we expecting from this game, Luke? Um, well, it's the sort of game you expect Red Bulls to win. Um, I believe we played them once before and we lost 2-1 in 2019. Um, obviously, we don't play... No, I'm wrong, sorry. We're playing three times. Um, we've got a record of 2-1-0. Two, two, two wins for us, one win for them. Um, right, but we haven't actually beat them. We haven't actually played since 2019. Um, which is a it's long funny, time ago. isn't it? How these leagues work with COVID. It's so bizarre. Oh, yeah, so bizarre. It's Obviously, COVID. now you've got more, you don't play many wet teams anymore. Like, MLS has always been really uneven, but it's even more uneven now. Um, so, we'll see. see but I, I would expect, uh, it's, it's a game you expect to get a result from, a, a positive result on a win, really. Um, we, with them conceding quite a, a high portion of goals last year, Ed, um, which which of our players are we sort of expecting to exploit the most? Um, well, Kamala simply has to start scoring. Um, and like you say, a team that shipped goals for fun last season um, and has conceded at least one uh, one goal in every game they've played so far this season, albeit only two games. Uh, Klamala has to has to score. Um, it'd be nice to see Lewis Morgan continue scoring um, because one good game is brilliant, uh, but consistently scoring goals would be what we need uh, from a player. Um, I think it's a difficult game, personally. Um, I do agree with Luke that it's a game we should be winning um, and arguably probably winning comfortably. But home opener, big crowd, hopefully. A team that has not started firing yet. They'll be willing to come out and ruin the day um, with everything around it. And just got to make sure that that defence stays solid um, and we don't keep allowing allowing uh, Minnesota to pepper Carl Carlos Coronel. But as long as we stay solid at the back, we should should put two or three past these. Uh, Luke, what do we think the uh, home crowd will be like uh, on the on the home opener after two wins so far? Well, we all know Southford is always electric, no matter what result it is or where the team is. 
most supported team all like we got some of the best we got some of the best sporting groups in them and that's obviously got the two official ones we got the empire state club we got the viking army also also got to season 96 who are good friends of the show so shout out to them they were there so no that'll be right out for it um it'd be interesting for what crowd we get obviously crowds have not been the best lately for a number of reasons but also because it's team not one you think for not won a cup. Um, New York cries. They want you to win. You're not winning. They're not coming. Um. So yeah, I think hopefully we hope you, you hope you get twenty five and four home opener at a very minimum. You hope. Um. But. Absolutely. Um. Looking ahead to the game then. Um. Predictions. Um. We'll 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 start with you, Luke. We'll go to Ed. Then I'll, I'll say mine. Uh, can we have a scoreline and can we have goal scorers as well, please, Luke? I'll go 3 0. Um, I'll go with a goal from Kamala, a goal from. I'm not going to say Tombalo. Um, Ashley Fletcher, if he's available, he might get a goal. And finally, the, the dream goal for. BWP, 90th, 90th minute goal. Red Bull are going to go crazy. Dream. You heard it all first. Gary Redman, if you are listening, then that would be a case of champagne rather than one <laughs> bottle this time if that one comes true. Um, Ed? Uh, I'm going to go 3-1. Um, I think there's just... I'm still just slightly concerned about that back line. Um and I think they'll they'll present a chance for Minnesota to score. Um, goal scores for us, I will go. I'll go Klamala. Um, I'm gonna bank on Aaron Long getting another one from a set piece, um, and I'm gonna why not take a punt on Yearwood cropping up with a goal as well. The uh, English Brigade, absolutely um, right. So for me, I'm also gonna say three one. Uh, I think Patrick Kamala is going to get a brace. I think this is the game that we're really going to see him start hitting form. Uh, and then I, I, I'm going to say Omer Fernandez with, with the other ones. He's really impressed me in the first couple of games. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, predictions surrounding our game is one thing, but I, I thought we'd start off a new tradition on the podcast of of sort of doing doing predictions for the for the other games in and around the league. Uh, so I'm going to read out the games and we will either say, uh, you'll either name a team or you will say tie and we will see who manages to get the best results uh, next week. Right, so are we ready? Um, Luke first, New York City versus Montreal. Well, I know who I want to win and it's not the people who are playing a baseball stadium. Um, but I, I can I, I can see the city. I can see City winning that. I'm afraid. Ed, um, tie. Sorry, uh, Columbus at home versus Toronto, Luke. Columbus. Ed. Yeah, I've got Columbus on that. Houston Dynamo at home versus Vancouver Whitecaps. Vancouver. I'm going Ed. Houston. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, into Miami versus LAFC. LAFC. Yeah, LAFC. 
<laughs> Easiest one we'll give. Uh, uh, Seattle Sanders versus LA Galaxy. Ooh. Was it ten, 10 years ago, you would put your hopes on LA Galaxy winning that. But they're not that team. Well, so I'll go with I'll go with a tie. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Galaxy just. Seattle have started the season really poorly. Two defeats out of two games. So, you know, interesting. Um, last year's uh, Support Shield winners, New England Revolution versus Rail Salt Lake. You can't look, you can't really look past, past Brooks Arena, can you? So I go. Never. No. Yeah, I'm going to go New England, them and their sensational new badge. Absolutely. Um, the. The other team that we don't really like talking about versus Chicago. Um, Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go tie. Uh, FC Dallas versus Dax FC. Dax FC. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Nashville. <laughs> Portland Timbers versus Austin. This will be a great game after the start. That both sides oh, oh, um <laughs> A high scoring tie. Oh, I'm gonna go Austin. Just it's gonna be something mad like 5 4 or something, though. Austin have looked absolutely sensational to start this campaign. They really, really have. Um, Orlando City, uh, against perennial wooden spooners, Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cincinnati. I'm joking. Oh, Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Uh, Philadelphia Union versus San Jose. Ooh, um, Union. Yeah, I'm going to go Philly. And Colorado Rapids versus Sporting Kansas City. Kansas City always scare me, being honest. They're always the best in the West, just Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to go tie. And finally, we've got Atlanta United at home. Uh, big attendances at Atlanta versus the biggest attendance. Well done, Charlotte FC. Whoa. Um, oh, Atlanta, not Surely the though. only answer to this is like 8-0 Atlanta. <laughs> I really don't want Atlanta to win because, as no, you all know, no. I, I, I work with the... Um, Atlanta UK fan social media admin. Um, I sit about six foot away from him at work uh, and he'll be insufferable. Uh, unfortunately, it's an Atlanta win for me. Yeah, probably. Probably will be, I'm afraid. But, 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 but no, but yeah, it's regular season. So, <laughs> we, 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 that's when it matters. But, and also, they got absolutely drummed last weekend, Atlanta did. Absolutely, drum. So I hope you enjoyed uh, rubbing it in. Fact, three 0 defeat. We have a we have a group chat of all of our friends who uh, support MLS teams, and we all have different. And uh, I was the only happy one in that group chat after last week. <laughs> Fantastic! Uh, He's arrived. He has there arrived. He oh, that's a great little image. Well done. He's arrived. Can't wait. That's He's going to be. He's going to be different class. He's going to be absolutely different class. Nice to have a little bit of uh, Brazilian flair. Yeah, Felipe. Story. We're mixed up since we got rid of Felipe. Felipe, Fabio. 
now looking us, we shall yeah. see. Um, right, so uh, just to sort of end the show, uh, Ed being sort of a guest on today, um, Ed is, is generally quite new to MLS and, and the way things work over here and new to New York Red Bulls. Um, Ed, first of all, before we sort of go into detail about that, who are you? What do you do for RB Metro UK? And what do you do uh, in, in football outside of that? Um, yeah, so I'm obviously your guys' brand manager. Um, worked with you before on, on technically, previous... Technically, you're head of communications. Hey, oh, no, that's it. Head of communications. Apologies. Oh. I, I used to be brand manager in a previous project. Um, that's very true. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm basically the one behind the graphics and, and social media at the moment. Um, obviously, it's a it's a joint effort, so everyone gets involved in that uh, aspect, the social media aspect. So um, usually there's times where all three of us are tweeting stuff out from the official account. Um, but hopefully it's going to build up some some traction. I mean, we're, we're set at about 155 followers at the moment, which considering it's only been a couple of weeks is, is pretty good going. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, We've got the elusive follow back from New York Red Bulls as well, which is it's sort of verified us as a as a record. It's, you know, it, it's given us what we needed to to sort of confirm that we are well, we, we are. are something, and we are of course the only uh, RBNY podcast in the UK. Doubt it from the rooftops. <laughs> um, so you know, it, it's it's a really exciting time to be involved with this. Um, obviously. Previous projects were were amazing. Um, they ran their course, as things do sometimes in life. Um, and, you know, fair play. It happened. What happened, happened. But we can only be as good as we are. And I think we're putting out some pretty pretty good content at the moment. We're getting these, these brilliant podcasts. Um, we've got Jamie, who's doing fantastically on the, uh, on the previews and reviews. Um, and it's just a good time. I mean, I'd be saying things differently if we'd started the season off with two losses, but you know, it, it, it is generally quite exciting. And and you know, 155 followers in a couple of weeks, next okay. milestone's getting to that 200, um, and the next milestone will be that 250, and you just keep looking forward. Um, so if you are listening to this or watching this on whatever you're doing and you're not following us, um, please follow us. It would make us a lot happier and you get to know when these podcasts come out immediately. Um, and you also get to talk to four British lads talking about football and bringing you wonderfully British phrases on Twitter that I yeah. didn't realise weren't said across the pond, which was uh, quite an interesting uh, one. Commentary is, is, is becoming something... Uh, of legend at the minute, so it's, it's very, very. Well, we have to be careful. He might get when when Chet retires, he might get poached. Be the next color commentator. Well, if they want to pay me to go and do that, I would not turn it down. <laughs> but I would certainly, I'd still have Twitter open and tweeting for RBM Metro UK as well, though. What we like, of course. Um, yeah. So, so also, Ed, like uh, in terms of MLS uh, and New York Red Bulls. <laughs> What was your sort of general thoughts about the league, uh, ideas about the league and ideas and thoughts around the club, uh, especially surrounding the fact that we are part of the Red Bull group? Uh, I know that that sort of puts a lot of people 
uh, a lot of people's teeth on edge. What, what were your thoughts around MLS and New York Red Bulls in general before you got into this? Well, it's a, it's an interesting story, I guess. Um, and I know that other yeah. members of my MLS UK um, group chat will be watching very, very closely, <laughs> very, very closely what I say here um, to make sure that I don't tell any lies. Um, look, before I got involved in MLS, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about it. Rightly or wrongly, um, it was being pegged as the retirement league over in Europe um, for players who had probably maybe gone past it in Europe to go to America to have one last payday to get out on the pitch and, and play a few games for a year or two. Um, I have to say, I don't think that now. I think the MLS is a fantastic standard of football. Um, and you see in the amount of players coming from MLS into Europe and vice versa. Um I would be absolutely slated if I didn't mention that I started off my MLS life following the exploits of Chicago. Um, I would have to say that I was a latecomer to the friendship group in terms of MLS. Um, and I was, I was allocated a team rather than choosing one uh, because I have no, no ties to America really. Um, but as that went on um, and I got more into MLS uh, and I went to America as well, went to New York. Um, I went to a, a Red Bulls game and just sort of settled on this being the club that I want to support. So rather than just following a team, I'll actually go out of my way to support and buy merchandise and stay up till three o'clock in the morning watching games and all the horrible stuff us UK lot do. But yeah, so it's... It, I'd never really thought of the New York connection, to be honest. Um, oh, sorry, the um, Red Bull connection, apologies. To be honest, um, it's not anything that was in my mind. Um, I was aware that there are a few Red Bull teams in Europe. Um, the fact of the matter is I didn't really care who owned, who owned the football club. Um, I just wanted to watch a club that I enjoyed watching. And, you know, Red Bulls are that. Absolutely. Um whether it be past or present, or both would be would be even more exciting. Uh, who is your sort of favourite Red Bull player? Uh, well, I grew up over this side of the pond as an Arsenal fan. So Thierry Henry playing for Red Bulls was an, an amazing sight um, and something that I wish I'd got into MLS sooner to be able to really appreciate the impact that that had and how special that would have been to see to actually you know sit down as a, as a as a fan and watch an absolute childhood hero play for the team um i think certainly currently um i have a real soft spot for carlos coronel if you hadn't guessed um i, I you know i don't play football very well but when i do i am a goalkeeper and you know goalkeepers union um I, you know, it's it's difficult to pick out a particular player because, as we've already had this discussion, this podcast, it's not a team full of high-profile names. Um, so I'm just happy to go along with the ride and see what happens. To be honest, I've not really been in long enough to have any real connections to players yet. Um, like you say, I'm, there's a few players that I don't really maybe understand the significance of yet and who and why they have the reputations that they have at the club. Um, but that's all 
part of the fun. That's all part of learning and, and, and working out all the inner workings of, of football clubs. No one comes in to, to support in a club and knows everything about the history and the setup right away. So I'm just going along for the ride. Oh, fantastic. Um, finally, I thought I'd ask this question to both of you. Um, what's your New York Red Bulls hot take for 2022? Something that you're going to throw right out there. Um, I'm going to go with Luke first. Luke, what's your New York Red Bulls hot take for 2022? We will win some sort of trophy this year. I've got, I've got a feeling. I don't know what it will be. To be honest, I don't really care what it is. I don't care if the US Cup or MLS Cup or Shield again. I want to win something. Like, let's be honest, that's actually quite frank. You support a football team, do you want to see you want to see them win things? You want to see them lift trophies. And I've been really lucky as a New York fan. I've seen that's win three trophies. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. I'm an Ipswich fan, they're shit. I don't see them win anything. And New York win stuff. And we'll win something each year. I wouldn't mind winning the US Cup when this is such a historic cup. Why not? Why not? We need to win something. It's been a while since we won something now. Absolutely. Ed, hot take. Um, Patrick Clamala is going to score 20 goals this season. I, I, I genuinely believe that because if you take out all sort of your fan side of things and just look at the the analytical side i mean he's getting in the positions every single game to start scoring all he needs to do is we've already said just put the ball in the net if he can just do that once or twice i mean i genuinely believe that Klamala will start firing at some point and like you say it would be nice to see it against um against minnesota um i I don't think a brace from him is a bad shout from you, to be honest, Scott. Um, I think if he gets one, he'll probably get two. Um, I think he just needs to settle into that rhythm, but I believe he will do. And I think Fletcher coming in will help that because it will spur him on. Like we said earlier, if he has a couple of off games, Fletcher suddenly takes over as number one striker and Klamala maybe doesn't get back into the team uh, if the style of play changes. So, I think this is just what he needed and I reckon he's going to get at least 20 goals this season. Absolutely. Uh, we are coming to the end of uh, this week's podcast. Um, from me, thank you very much. From Luke. Good night. And from Ed. Thanks for watching. At RB Metro UK for all the news and views from across the pond. See you soon. Good night.